0: Before we get into the action, I gotta tell you about my friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier. Mike and Virginia are die-hard Broncos fans, they're CSU alums, and they've supported DNBR as lifetime members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. And guess what? They can save you hundreds a month and thousands of dollars in interest over the life of a loan. Who doesn't want to save thousands? These guys can help you find out if you're able to reduce, potentially, even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums. Visit DNBrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnbrmortgage.com. Finally, refinancing isn't for everyone. And that's why Mike and Virginia are going to give you an honest estimation of what you should do and they're just going to put you in the best situation financially. Visit Mike in Virginia at dnvrmortgage.com, get set up with a consultation, or call Mike directly at 970-412-2472, Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. All right, joining me today, good friend of mine, a friend of the pod, if you will, Eddie Herz of the Loveland Reporter-Herald joining us on his day off. Eddie, I appreciate you. Yeah, good to be here,
1: Justin. I scheduled a vacation day for today weeks ago, so of course this becomes a crazy day. No longer a vacation, so.
0: (laughs) For those that don't know, whenever Eddie schedules a vacation day, that's generally when something hits the fan (laughs) for CSU Athletics.
1: Yeah, so I'm taking the blame for this whole UNLV situation, 100%.
0: You heard the man tweet at him. It's his fault. (laughs) Anyways, the the reason that I wanted to bring Eddie on today is it was just chaos. Um, I I should point out, by the time that I publish this podcast, there there might be some official news that makes some of this conversation obsolete. But it's been a weird day. Uh, We were in the middle of a press conference with Steve Adazio to discuss preparation for the pending game with UNLV when a report came out at 11.23. By Doug Samuels of Football Scoop, that the game has been canceled. Um, what what was going through your mind at that point? I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean it was weird because we had just hopped in the presser. I mean we were waiting for a minute, but Adazio sat down. I, that actually popped up at the top of my Twitter feed. I was already on Twitter, so and he was in the middle of an answer, like what five minutes into the interview, so. It was strange, especially because clearly he didn't know what was going on. So we were kind of just figuring out how to break it to him. I mean, it was crazy, but it's it's weird, but it's not too much of a surprise. I mean, that kind of just defines the madness that this year and this first couple weeks of the football season have been. So just a just another thing, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to all that audio because once we saw those tweets and we were just waiting to get that question and I... I didn't listen to anything. And and if you're listening to this, that's the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do in an interview. You know, be an active listener. Don't focus on what you want to ask. But all I could focus on was asking about that game. Kevin got the question off finally. Mm-hmm. And Adazio's face, man, it was just priceless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. He handled it pretty well. Honestly, like after his initial answer, he just started laughing, just like laughing at the ridiculousness of all of this and I don't think he had fully accepted it had been canceled yet because it hasn't been canceled. So he didn't know what to make of it. But I mean, he kind of took it in stride. He wasn't at a loss of words for anything. And it makes sense considering what they already went through with New Mexico and just how they have to plan on a daily basis for anything like this and players missing. So I feel like initially he took it in stride pretty well. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, totally. I thought I thought his personality really came out and he it was did. much more personable today. It was less, you know, guarded football coach and more just genuine. Are you kidding me, man? We've been we've been working towards this and now we're going to have this happen again. And honestly, I could sympathize with him especially in that moment.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It was cool to see that real personality come out and I don't think there's any way he could hide it cuz it's not like he prepared for this interview knowing this was a possibility on the table, but he did say he had heard of some issues and I'm curious what those were. I'm assuming he heard maybe there were some COVID cases at UNLV, but it wasn't going to be canceled. So it's a weird situation and it's it's a little interesting. We haven't got a follow-up from Football Scoop yet. They're pretty quick on that stuff. So, I mean, we'll just have to see how it turns out, man. But Football Scoop's usually on the money. I would be surprised if this UNLV game is still on.
0: Yeah, so you know, i I don't know anything about Doug Samuels or his reporting background. He seems to have a pretty substantial following online. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Football Scoop has been wrong on some stuff in the past, so it, it's possible we'll see. But I, I definitely don't know enough right now to come at that guy or claim his reporting is false or anything. Because based on everything that we've seen so far, it, it kind of seems like he's spot on. Like this game is, you know, not going to happen. <laughs>
1: It does also make sense because I clicked. It wasn't really an article, but Football Scoop has like a little tracker of games that are canceled for each week. And it said within that, the little sentence on CSU said it traces back to UNLV. It's, it's UNLV COVID problems. And that kind of adds up with Adagio being surprised because obviously if it was, you know, COVID cases within his own roster, he would be more ready for this or know it was more of a possibility. And he was obviously clearly shocked. So, I mean, we'll just have to see tough for CSU. I mean, my first thought is while they get UNM canceled and maybe UNLV canceled, it's already a short season with limited opportunities and you lose two of the most winnable games on the schedule potentially. I mean, that's tough.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think there were necessarily any delusions about CSU contending for a Mountain West championship or anything like that. But like you said, you know, you're losing two games against winnable opponents and, and what sucks even more, you're losing two home games. It's I mean, you don't want right. any games to get canceled, but if anything, you know the the road games where you have to go out and travel and potentially get exposed even more. The the home games are you would think you know the safest scenarios. So, really, just been a some tough luck for CSU so far. It's just annoying for a first
1: year staff. Like I know a first year staff gets the benefit of the doubt regardless, and even more now with all the COVID difficulties, but it's not like they want to go out there and not win games. And it's just everything that's happening is making it so hard for them to do that. I mean, I'm just looking at the schedule. Now, if they don't reschedule it, playing air force on the road is tough. San Diego state in the road is tough. Utah state at home should probably be a win, but it's like, you only get six games. You only have three left now and in two of those probably you're going to be an underdog. in.
0: yeah, I mean, Adazio said on multiple occasions any games that they get in, you know, you should kind of be thankful for because for a long time it looked like there wasn't going to be any football. But, man, can, can the Rams just catch any break on this scheduling front? And it's possible the game still happens. Like we said, you know, Boise State had some serious issues too with COVID and that game ended up happening. So it, if they have the threshold, you would think that they would play, wouldn't, wouldn't you assume? I would assume so. And, and also, if if it does
1: get canceled, I don't see why you wouldn't just reschedule the New Mexico game if New Mexico can't play at Air Force. Seems like the easiest possibility for the Mountain West. And obviously, that would be good for CSU. I know fans want to see CSU play CU. I just, out of conference game, I know it's insane, but I just don't see that making as much sense
0: for the conference logistically and everything. Well... There's more local interest in a you know a Rocky Mountain showdown for sure, but mm-hmm. I mean as of right now the Pac-12 they're not even allowing teams to play non-conference games, so right you would need you know quite a things quite a few things to go your way for that to even come together. I would if that were to happen, I would assume the game would be played on Sunday, not Saturday, and then you'd move the Air Force game to the Saturday after Thanksgiving. But who knows, man. I I think playing New Mexico is much more likely if the UNLV game doesn't, you know, come together. And obviously
1: you would need New Mexico not to be able to play at Air Force. I don't know the update on that situation. I think as of now, they're still supposed to play Air Force, right?
0: Yeah, as far as I know, that's supposed to happen still. Um, The situation at Air Force is weird. There's a lot of really tight restrictions. Kevin Lytle was explaining that to us yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll have to see. I mean, I, I should pull up uh, Air Force's schedule there. Maybe they could do some shifting of the schedule there, where you flip some stuff around. I don't, I don't know. I, I think if the UNLV game doesn't happen, the most likely scenario is you you just end up with a buy because, you know, there there's just not enough time. I don't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like we're being optimistic in saying if UNLV's is canceled, they get UNM. But yeah, I mean, we, we've seen across college football right now, it's not easy to just. Go ahead and reschedule a game, even if two people aren't playing. I mean, they're the likely cases they're not going to play if UNLV gets canceled, and we'll have to see how that turns out. I guess.
0: You know, Adazio did say he's open. You know, to exploring other possibilities. It was, you know, he was trying to be careful with what he said. Nothing's official at this point, so it makes sense that he, you know, kind of takes the the political approach and doesn't say anything that can get him in trouble. But it is an interesting time, I guess. It's always possible. We have seen it, you know, come together kind of last minute. I just, I don't think that would necessarily be great for CSU, given that you would have like a day, maybe two to focus on a new opponent. Right. That was one of Adazio's big points today. You know, they, they only have one more practice and it's not even in full pads. They've been prepping for UNLV for like four or five full days now. Right, exactly. And at the end of the day, I don't think it makes much of a difference if
1: is willing to schedule another game or not. Like, obviously, he, is, he wants to play football. His staff and players want to play football. They were willing with the New Mexico cancellation. They were making calls trying to get another game. It didn't happen. So, yeah, it's great. He's open to it. I just don't think that's really going to make a difference. You know, like, obviously, he's open to it.
0: I just wonder, you know, because... We, we've seen the same thing at Colorado. Carl Durrell, CU's game against Arizona State got canceled. All week we've heard rumors about, you know, who's CU going to play? And Durrell's been open about, I would rather play somebody than not play somebody. They're hot, so that kind of makes sense, you know, coming off of two mm-hmm. big wins. But I wonder in the back of these coaches' minds, are they just kind of assuming that everything's going to get canceled here with how the, the trends are kind of going? And they're just like, we're just trying to get as many games in as possible.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, everything's trending in the wrong direction. As much as I love college football and love having my job and covering it, I still have had a little thought in the back of my head from the start of the season that this season was going to be a nightmare, and I just didn't really see how it was necessary. People can get mad at me for saying that, but we're seeing why. It's just like it's maybe not worth it, and I don't know, man. It's just like pro football and pro sports, you can make it happen because you can – keep players in a bubble easier you can restrict things it's just it just doesn't
0: work as much with college and we're seeing that you know no I think that's definitely a fair point and that was always one of the big criticisms is yeah you can control college players when they're you know at the facilities in practice but what about the other you know 12 to 15 hours a day or whatever you know
1: and they haven't controlled them, it, it, like most schools. I mean, why do you think CSU had COVID outbreaks in the summer? It's not – you're being naive if you're thinking it's because they just inevitably got it. Like, obviously, these kids were out and socializing and doing what they want to do as college kids, and that's fine, and they're in college. You can't lock them in their room 24-7 or not at practice. But at the same time, that enough supports why maybe you shouldn't have had a season, you
0: know? I think the Big Ten kind of forced their hand, to be honest. Yeah, when you had the Big Ten and the Pac-12 still, you know, vying to play in the spring, it made sense for the Mac and the Mountain West to kind of align with them, given that they're, you know, there's some relationships there between the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, the Mac and the Big Ten, just because of location. You know, you kind Mm -hmm. of align yourself there with the bigger schools there. At once they flipped, it kind of came down to, well, if we're going to play, we might as well probably play now or not play at all.
1: Yeah, man. It's just, it is a huge mess. And what I'm really excited to see is what happens with bowl games. If they actually end up happening. I know a lot have been canceled. I mean, the plan is there's still going to be like what 30 or something, but it's just going to be a nightmare. Like any team is going to be eligible for bowl games. So you're going to have like games with like what seven and one teams, maybe against like a three and O team. Cause they had four games canceled. Like, I'd like bowl games is for the money and the revenue. And if there's not a lot of fans there, like I just, it's just come on, man. It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: (laughs) I will say if the, if the bowl games are enough time after when the conference championship games are, Mm -hmm. you can kind of isolate there because you have enough time to, you know, get your COVID numbers under check. And then you go somewhere. And if the teams are smart about it, you know, or the leagues, you know, check out an entire hotel or something. So these teams aren't getting exposed. You can almost sure. do a you know, a mini bubble scenario for a bowl game for one game, you know, not a whole season. For sure. You can make that work easier than a whole season. I just think it's gonna be funny how they select the matchups
1: and whatnot and like the teams going against each other. But it's like how many Mountain West teams do you think make a bowl game? Like is it five? Is it six? And you know, how do they pick those? Like maybe CSU goes four and two and there's a team who goes three and five it's just like i what how what's the criteria there you know
0: well the pac-12 is still making uh, their teams win more than 50 percent of the games mm-hmm. but i think that's it i think everybody else is pretty much just you know it's a, kind of a free-for-all
1: yeah and i think csu would obviously take a bowl game regardless like first year staff and whatnot so well i guess we'll just have to see
0: no totally i mean and even in a normal year the biggest benefit of playing in a bowl game unless you're in you know the a new year's six bowl or the playoff where you're on this massive stage in general the biggest perk of playing in a bowl game is you get 6 to 8 more weeks of practice mm-hmm. that's why teams that go to bowl games are so consistently good right. they practice for 2 months a year longer than everybody else does it's true it's true it's going to be it's going to be wild um before before we move on here I'm just kind of curious, what, what's your gut say at this point? Do you do you feel like CSU is going to be playing this weekend? I would say no. I mean, like you said, Football Scoop has messed up a few things in the past,
1: but I, I've been following them pretty closely, not this specific writer for them, but just their general staff. With the cancellations, they've been pretty on the money with most of the ones they've posted early in the week. I, I would say they're not going to play this weekend. They're at least not going to play UNLV. But it's weird because usually by now we'd see a tweet from like Brett McMurphy or like something else, like backing up that claim. But my gut's still going to tell me no, especially because Adazio did kind of have a sense that there were some issues at UNLV. It didn't completely come out of nowhere. So I would say, no, they're not going to play.
0: Well, and then the press conference ended with him getting a phone call. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, who knows
1: who that was? It it looked like he was maybe about to tell us too. And I was so curious.
0: (laughs) I know, he was so genuine with, with us today. Was. I was like, is he going to answer this in front of us? Do it. He, yeah, he like held himself off at the last, last second. You could tell he was
1: about to tell us more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, what a weird day. And then, weird you know, day. we were supposed to have player availability today and that ended up getting canceled because, and I'm speculating here, I should this isn't official, but it basically seemed like CSU Athletics was trying to figure out if the report was valid, just like us.
1: Yeah, no, I think 100%. And I don't know if they're going to put players on the spot after that just because if players are hearing it, they don't know what to say. But yeah, I think immediately CSU started digging into that report and everything. I would agree with that.
0: Man, um, before, before we go, I guess, let's just briefly talk a little bit of college hoops because the Mountain West schedule was released. Back to the podcast in just a second, but first, Week 10 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 11. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 11, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook app yet, head to the App Store now. You do not want to miss this. DraftKings is giving all new users the opportunity to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1. $1000 when signing up using the promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet from live betting, betting on your favorite players, they do it all. Don't worry though, if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings when they place any bets on UFC 255. And of course, we have college basketball coming up right around the corner which I got to tell you, I cannot wait to bet on. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That promo code DNVR with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, like I said, we are going to get back to the pod in just a second. Before we do, though, I'm going to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. And before I do, I just want to brag a little bit and say I gave two locks last week. Both of them hit. I said Miami's going to upset Virginia Tech on the road. That was my official DraftKings pick of the week. That happened. I said New Mexico on the draft pod was going to cover that 17 and a half point spread. That also happened. They almost upset him. I actually placed a live bet and, and lost on UNM to come back once they got the football late in the fourth quarter. That happens. <laughs> My DraftKings pick of the week this week, I'm sticking with New Mexico. There's seven and a half point underdogs at Air Force now. There's some questions about if this game is going to happen or not. But if it is, I love. New Mexico covering that seven and a half point spread. I just I think it's gonna be a tight game. I think Air Force is gonna be rusty. It's been a weird, weird spot for them. Like I said, who knows what's gonna happen with that game. If they do though, seven and a half jump on that. Honestly, the money line at plus two oh five, that's really, really tasty. I'm gonna stick with the seven and a half point spread for my DraftKings pick of the week, but I'm telling you, pay attention to that New Mexico team. They're feisty. They're figuring out the three-three-five defense under Rocky Long. I almost called him Rocky Lobo. <laughs> they're figuring it out, though. I believe in what they're doing down there in Albuquerque. All right, back to the pod. What's your thoughts on on the schedule format?
1: It's kind of I like, like college it. hockey. Yeah, dude, I like it. I like it, and I'm a big baseball guy too. So I love I love little series like a two game set. I'm excited to like talk about it as like CSU going for a split in San Diego or Boise or whatnot. I think it'll be interesting. And I think like your mindset and your goals going into playing a team are going to be so different. It's like when CSU opens the year at San Diego state, yes, they're going to tell you they're trying to win both games, but they know if they get out of there, like a big road series like that, if they get out of there and just win one, that feels like a victory for them. And like, that's how they're going to approach a lot of these tough matchups this year. And, I think it just changes the attitude and the approach every game. And it's going to be interesting after, you know, playing a team one day and then getting an off day, how you're kind of maybe going to change your offense or your defense and everything between games. It's going to be cool and I'm excited for it.
0: I'm going to be honest. My expectations for the Rams changed this year when I saw the schedule release. I knew yeah. that this was what the format was going to be. And I agree with it, you know, and I do think it's intriguing for all the reasons that you just said. Obviously, You know, you're able to eliminate some travel as well. So logistically, it makes a lot of sense. You know, from an outbreak perspective, or trying to limit them. Um, But this schedule, it did not do any favors for CSU. Like you said, you know, you open the conference play with San Diego State, and if you win one game there, I think you should be thrilled. If you're even competitive in both of them, that's almost a victory. And and I know that fans hate that, and I hate that mindset because this team is talented. And they should be expected to be pretty good this year, but God, man, I'm <laughs> what a brutal way to open up the year.
1: It's tough, and they get two on the road at Utah State. I mean, what they have two on the road at Nevada. Like the schedule and Wyoming. Them well, yeah, and Wyoming. But I don't know, man. CSU is a team that grinds so much, and we saw that last year. And I feel like, like when you go to Utah State for two, like yeah, Utah State's good, but if you grind that first game maybe barely lose. You could see CSU coming out the next day fired up and winning. Like They're a gritty team. So I think, what, you get 80 minutes against a team, you're going to come out on top in one of those 40 minutes. I, d- I just like how CSU can battle down to the wire. But yeah, I mean, the schedule is not doing them any favors. You're right about that.
0: It's just, you know, there there there's no way to do this where everybody's going to be happy. You know, you kind of figure that they're going to do the schools that they expect to contend for the tournament some favors. And they kind of did that for San Diego state. I was going to say that, but then I looked at their road games and San Diego state still has Utah state on the road. They got New Mexico on the road, air force on the road. So they do have to play some locations at altitude, right? They just didn't really have to play the great teams at altitude.
1: For sure. For sure. But I think with Mountain West play, especially how we've seen in recent years, just, Down the stretch, the top of the league really competes against each other well, goes back and forth. So I think in a lot of these series, at least in the second half of the season, you're going to see a lot of splits when you have teams like Utah State and CSU and Nevada having figured it out, kind of firing all cylinders. I think you're going to see a lot of these series just end one-to-one because of when these teams are at a good point, they're both so competitive and they're just even closer to evenly matched, you know?
0: Yeah, the parity might be so strong this year that it almost hurts the Mountain West from a tournament perspective just because they're probably going to do all the Power 5 teams a bunch of favors to get them in anyways, especially since they're not going to have as many non-conference games. And there's, you know, right. oh, well, a Power 5 conference resume is more impressive than a Mountain West resume.
1: Especially, but I do think that the teams yeah. are
0: going to be so good this year that it's going to be unfortunate because I think in a normal year, the Mountain West could maybe get two or three ter- teams into the big dance this year.
1: Yeah, definitely three. I mean, there's maybe a chance at four, but yeah, it's, it's true. If Mountain West teams beat up on each other down the stretch like they really could, it's not going to do them any favors for the
0: tournament. Who are uh, who are some teams that you expect to jump out? You know, who did you vote for in your in your preseason stuff? I still don't get a vote. It, it kind of pisses me off, to be honest. But Really, they don't send you one? I don't. I've covered the teams continuously longer than anybody but Kelly. But I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know who's in charge of that or what. But that's it, tough. It, it it it. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's an ego thing. But for it, sure, it hurts my feelings a little bit. I'll just be honest about it.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I don't know. I like it kind of similar toward the top I, I like CSU top five again they're projected fifth I could see them finishing fourth obviously San Diego State I see Nevada competing again even though something it could be a little down year for them Utah State's just built a, such a good program you can't rule them out they should be at the top of the league I think it's I think it's going to be similar toward the top but I think top to bottom it'll be a little more competitive we'll just have to see with all this COVID stuff man how the schedule works out there definitely could be some weird developments
0: who Did you take San Diego State to win? I did take San Diego State to win, yeah. Who'd
1: you take, 2-3? I took, let's see, I think I took Utah State second. I may have pushed for CSU third. I don't remember off the top of my head. I had CSU third or fourth, but I definitely took SDSU and Utah State one, two.
0: The top six teams in the league are really going to be interesting because I think Boise State is going to be really, really good. They I could be. CSU could be really good. I think UNLV is going to be really good. I think Wyoming's going to be better than people expect, honestly.
1: I agree too, man, especially with how they finished
0: that last year.
1: I mean, that was incredible. They showed kind of the potential they have. Yeah, Wyoming should compete. It was weird to begin with with how bad Wyoming was doing for what, like that year and a half, two-year stretch. So, yeah, I I don't think Wyoming should be ruled out. I don't think they're a top-five team, but they're definitely going to compete throughout the season
0: off the top, just your gut feeling in the next two years, we won't do this year because it's wonky and going to be hard to predict. Mm-hmm. In the next two years, does CSU qualify for an NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think they do, man. I mean, it's like Nico Medved has done nothing
1: but build the program the right way and the results have maybe come quicker than most people have expected. I mean, they're a 20-win team last year. They're los- Yes, they're losing Nico Medved, but I, th- I mean, Nico Carvacho, excuse me. I think that's <laughs> less problem than people think. Just obviously you lose a lot of boards, like what, 10-11 a game, but you have guys who can compensate for that. Roddy should get some boards. Deshaun Thomas can. This team is just getting better. I think in two years, when you have a lot of these guys like Isaiah Stevens and Roddy as seniors, too. I don't see how they don't make the NCAA tournament. I really don't. This is a team that is very, very close. I could see it happening this year. That's
0: tough, but two years, I would definitely be confident in that. I know you didn't have a chance to prepare for this, so this is this is just off the top of the dome. Everyone, in, in your opinion, who needs to really break out this year? Obviously, you know, you know, Isaiah Stevens is you know mm. going to do what he does. You imagine David Roddy is you know going to take his game to another level. But who's that you know key third player in your opinion for CSU to really you know kind of take that next step? I would like either Deshaun Thomas
1: just to get some more help on the glass, more of an inside game presence without Carvaccio in the mix. And also John Tanjay. I mean, losing like Chris Martin, a guard, you lose Hiron. I know he's more of a defensive guy, but just being able to have that guard off the bench who can spark it like Martin did sometimes just speaks to a team's depth. And we've seen Tanjay with good flashes. I mean, he even has starting potential. I think he's a guy, if he can break out, will really speak to the options CSU has shooting the ball and at the guard position. So I like Tanjay and Deshaun Thomas. You, we know Roddy and Stevens are going to kind of highlight the team's success this year. I mean, at least we expect. But if you can get Deshaun Thomas and Tanjay to also break out and take that next step, I mean, this is going to be a really deep team.
0: I like those answers a lot. I think that's pretty spot on. I'll counter with two more just to give us some variety, but I, I probably would have went with those two as well. But <laughs> I do think Adam Thistlewood is going to be a very important factor this year. Mm-hmm. It's all on photos. We haven't. Had, we you know normally we get to go to all the practices. Medved's super open about it. COVID stuff. It, it's obviously different, and that's not even his call. That's a athletic department call. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. I'm not complaining. It looks like Thistlewood's put on some muscle. That would be big. They need him to kind of have a presence off the boards. I think. Cause that's kind of what's been lacking, and we need a little bit more consistency from him as a three-point shooter. The ability's there; he's just been kind of hot or cold.
1: I agree. I think he's definitely a key piece. I also like what's his name Rivera, the Rivera, the the other Isaiah, the new recruit coming in.
0: Yeah, Isaiah yeah. Rivera.
1: He's. I mean, you know, I, they're really I, hyping him up. Yeah, I mean, he's big time. He's from like Genizo East, I think, pretty big school in Illinois. I follow the Illinois high school basketball, so. That's a legit program. I'm surprised he didn't have more offers. I know he had a decent amount, but I mean, we've seen under Medved, there's no problem getting freshmen involved. I mean, most of these freshmen have come in and immediately made a splash. This is another guy that can do that. So I definitely would not sleep on him either.
0: Great point. They, you know, they, they're they definitely willing to play the young guys. I could see mm-hmm. Iggy Sarguinus uh, playing, you know, a, a pretty big role as well. They, The three-point shooting was better last year. But especially early in the year, it was not great. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what he can do because he didn't really get
1: a ch- chance at what Georgia. So but that yeah. kid can shoot. I mean, being in practice, like he could be a huge shooter off the bench. Really, could bode their three point depth, three point options. So, yeah, I, th-
0: I think he definitely can make a little bit of a splash too. From what I've heard, he's actually a more complete player than people even give him credit for. So, I'm I'm very intrigued to see kind of how that plays out. The, the the how they replace Nico Carvacho is going to be interesting. You know, you probably got to do more of a team approach on the glass. But I, I don't think it necessarily hurts the Rams offensively given that they can probably, you know, get out and run a little bit more now. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like the Carvacho laws won't hurt that
1: much. Like, they'll be fine offensively. They'll lose some boards. But, you can have guys chip in. It's not like losing Carvacho means you're going to get 11 less rebounds per game. You're, yes, you won't have someone who's automatic on the glass, but you'll be quicker on offense, like you said. And I mean, they have guys who can hound the glass, they even like guards who can hound the glass. Like it, I don't think it's going to hurt them that much. And they should be just as competitive as last year, even without Carvacho.
0: Well, and it was a small sample size, but from what we saw Deshaun Thomas, you know, or from Deshaun Thomas offensively, He's, you know, he he can go in the bag a little bit. He's a pretty versatile big man. He really is. He's got that
1: nice little move down low to hit that two-footer. And since he goes for that, he's always kind of hovering in the paint. If they need to rely on him to get more boards, he can. Even David Roddy had like some seven, eight rebound games. It's just, yes, they're not going to be as good in the glass, but they're fine. Like, I don't think it's going to be that big of a weakness without Carvacho, you know?
0: I agree, you know. You, you miss his leadership presence. You miss, you know, coming up with that many rebounds. It's, it's huge. You know, it's a big part of the game. But I just think CSU's is going to be more versatile offensively this year. And with the other guys, you know, with what they've already gotten to play, I think they'll take the next step defensively. And we saw the Rams, you know, take great strides. But that's another area where it's just kind of got to be more consistent. There were, there were moments where they were like locked down. And then there were moments where they'd just give up these crazy runs for four or five minutes.
1: Yeah, defensively, defensively, it's going to be interesting, especially because I always felt like Hiron Edwards' defensive impact and Chris Martin, both those guys defensively off the bench sometimes, really spark that team and just lock down airtight defending off the bench. So I think you're losing a lot from a defensive standpoint with those two guys, especially with Hiron being able to steal the ball. But I don't know, defense with CSU will go down to effort. And we've seen under Medved, I mean, these guys are bought in and they will give effort hundred percent of the time, you know they'll be they'll be flying across the paint and whatnot, flying across the floor. So I think they'll hold their own defensively.
0: Yeah, you definitely you missed that calming presence that Chris Martin and Hiren brought. Mm-hmm. They weren't, you know, the, the greatest or most consistent scorers in the world, but what they, they what they brought, and honestly, buying in after everything that happened, that was that was pretty big for that team, and they were a, they were a big part of them winning 20, 20 games, even if they weren't, you know, like stat sheet stuffers
1: for sure. Hiron was pretty erratic and sometimes just absolutely all over the place, just throwing the ball up. But when that guy <laughs> came in and, and he had like a good mentality when he was locked in, like he would make a difference. He would make a bigger difference than a lot of guys could off the bench in like five minutes. Cause he'd come in get a steal, just lock lockdown defending the whole time. Maybe get a transition layup. So yeah, that guy that guy will be messed for sure.
0: Oh man, sometimes he just get going so fast. He yeah, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be like his legs were moving faster than his brain knew what to do with. And I, I'm not even I'm not even trying to hate. Like I, it was impressive how fast he could get up and down the court. It was he crazy. just needed to turn it down about two and a half percent.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just maybe focus a little bit more. But yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Well, thank you for doing this. Obviously, uh, like I said, we we might get more official information by the time this podcast is even out, but I just kind of wanted to talk about what today was like. It was weird. Uh, It was fun. I mean, it was probably the most intriguing press conference we've had in in quite a while.
1: Definitely one of the stranger ones. I will be glued to Twitter for the coming hours, seeing what happens. So, you know, let's hope CSU plays this weekend, but not necessarily expecting
0: it. It's going to be so funny if after all of this, we just get CSU, UNLV. I
1: could, I could also see that just with how weird this year has been. You really just
0: never know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure. And we're definitely going to get you on the podcast more frequently throughout the season.
1: Awesome. All right, Justin. I appreciate the time.